Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello and welcome back to the movie graveyard. As always, we're rolling here, digging up the finest cinematic corpses in history. And once again, I'm happy to be joined by uh, my good buddy here, Zach, from uh, Magazine. Yeah, boy. Yeah, what's up, Flavor? (laughs) What's up, baby? We're back. We're back in the graveyard. We are. We're back because we never really left. Mm-hmm. We brought like a little portable Blu-ray player out here. We're watching it from the graveyard. Exactly. You know, I think it would be like if I could devise a way where we don't even have to like literally dig up the movies out of it. Like, like maybe there's like some tubes we can just like stab into the ground, and if we can get them into the corpse of the movie, maybe then that can like run that up the HDMI straight to the TV. Because it's hard. It's backbreaking work digging these old fucking movies up, ain't it? It is, exactly. But then I couldn't molest the corpses. That's true, that's true. You wouldn't be truly hands-on. Exactly. So yeah, so we're rolling with uh, a film from both of our youths that we uh, enjoy quite a bit. Uh, Personally, Mm -hmm. my favorite comedy of all time. Uh, No reason to beat about in the bush. You know, it's the classic Clerks. The true... uh, the truest counterculture movie, I would say, of all time. Because it is about counterculture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we're going to get a rolling. We're rolling off the Blu-rays here. But you guys might have them dank-ass Clerks X DVDs or something else. But we got it at the beginning where it's paused on the logo that says Miramax Films. And then, like, that will fade away. And then you'll get the little clown intro, cartoon intro. So, we got on Miramax Films um, logo on the Blu-ray. That is a two-second mark. So everybody mm-hmm. get your discs up to there. Whatever you got, you know, this was a, a one of the proudest laser discs ever released. When you listen to the commentary track, they actually mentioned that it's for the laser disc because DVD wasn't even invented then. That's mm-hmm. how old it is. But yeah, we're gonna be rolling. I'm gonna say one, two, three, go. And uh, when I hear me say go, hit play on your uh, PlayStation remote, your uh, laser disc remote, your DVD remote, whatever you got. All right, everybody, one, two, three, go. Hell yes Clerks has started baby Let's talk about this cartoon that begins it Because it's pretty awesome It's amazing Like now you get all these weird like opening company logos That are like little like kids looking out Hourglasses or stars and shit This is just about a naked clown Doing a dance Mm -hmm. with his wrinkly ass In front of this little kid Who fortunately the kid never really turns around to see that he has an ass in his face, but uh, exactly. This like I've seen this logo a million times. This is the first time when I watched it. I noticed he actually has a like clothespins on his nipples. The clown does. You ever see the movie that the like they they try to like make it all interweave into a you know a universe? See, Kevin Smith was doing the Marvel universe before it was cool. Oh yeah, they ripped him off. Yeah, exactly. So the view of the Skewniverse, they made a movie about that clown called Vulgar. You ever watch that? I did see it a long time ago. I want to see it again. Fortunately, it never got like re-released on Blu-ray or anything, but, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to see it. It was directed by his buddy uh, Brian Johnson, who yeah. uh, Randall's based on in this movie. Exactly. I'm a big fan of Brian Johnson. I really like his podcast, Tell Him Steve Dave. <laughs> Hell yeah. See, that was actually a... Uh, uh, Walt Flanagan was the guy that animated that little short we just saw. Yeah, man. I always thought See, Clark- people that don't know, like, the, the Kevin Smith universe, they're they're going to be like, who the fuck is that? Who's Walt Flanagan? Who, oh, yeah. What? Walt, exactly. Walt Flanagan's going to steal the show in this movie. He's uh, Like three this, different characters, yeah. Yeah, this movie, he's the Lon Chaney of the 90s, he's called. Same with uh, Scott Mosier. That dog's yeah. cool. That dog is super cool. It almost looks like a puppet. It's so cool. 
Again, he's we, just fucking hanging. Yeah. Again, we have to deal with the uh, the sad reality that that dog no longer exists. Hell yeah! Look at that dog's butt and ball yeah, sack. Exactly. It's immortalized in movie form. Forever. He will, his asshole. That dog's asshole will live forever. Hell yeah! It sucks. Like every once in a while, your dog's butt hair gets long. You gotta shave it so that the the poop doesn't stick to the butthole. Yeah. That's not fun. You gotta take them to the groomers or do it yourself. Hell yeah. I always thought it was, it was weird that uh, Dante fell out of the closet. He slept in the closet. And not even a walk-in closet, either. Yeah, like, what, what was that? See, uh, originally, I remember hearing that, uh, see, uh, Kevin Smith, he was a big fan. Like, he got into, like, you know, uh, kind of these movies by, like, people like uh, David Lynch. And, like, he liked movies like that around this time. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, the original script of this was supposed to be very David Lynchian. And it was going to mm-hmm. be, like, more of a serious, like... Uh, Kind of like it was a play on like the whole Dante's Inferno, uh, Inferno, where he's yeah. like, uh, you know, like is he in hell? Like uh, apparently it was more like just kind of like these crazy people that come into the store and like just the weirdness, and it just became a comedy over time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think no matter how much he tried to cover up, especially in his younger years, I don't think Kevin Smith could hide his comedic writing. Hmm. Oh, yeah. See, I remember, like, this is one of those movies as a kid, too, seeing this. It was one of those that, like, made me want to make movies like Evil Dead, you know, where it's like, wow, they, like, like it's great to watch movies like that and be like, yeah, you, you see all the flaws and all of this. And it's like, it's just, like, five guys made a movie. They got together and did it. Yeah. And then, like, this came out, and it was like, even more than Evil Dead, it was like, man, you you can just have a fucking movie about three or four people sitting around talking and it can be interesting. Like it really like, yeah, it made me want to make movies is donk. I know everybody like around that time. It was, uh, it was really kind of in like a two to three year period. First he had Robert Rodriguez hit it big with El Mariachi, which only cost about seven grand to make. And then Kevin mm-hmm. Smith with this movie, which cost about 25 grand to make. Um, you know, like, like I always thought, like they did like a lot of like magic hocus pocus to this movie to get it ready for theaters after Miramax bought it. But like, I was looking at some facts and like they only put like an extra two hundred grand into it just to clean up the sound. And like, yeah, they they gave it a new soundtrack with like grunge bands. Like, yeah. apparently the soundtrack cost more than the movie did to make. Yeah, I think that's for all the money. And like Kevin Smith was talking about how like every little sound effect is like so clear because because to miramax they're like oh we got to make it seem like more like a real movie so like all these little sound effects of him like opening the door and the locks and shit like they redid to like be super loud and stuff oh yeah well did you know like this blu-ray has the first cut which is the cut that he took to the sundance film festival it's like uh it's it's an hour and 40 something minutes there's some stuff extra in there like apparently like i remember i watched it once a long time ago and i remember like if I remember right, it just has this opening song here, but it's like a more demo-y sounding version. Like yeah. maybe this is like a, a, you know, a band he knew, like some friends, and then they re-recorded it for the soundtrack. But that's the only song in the movie. I think everything else is like library tracks, like some royalty-free type of stuff. If I remember right. Yeah, it was his um, his friend's band from high school, and the original version, like you said, it was just on a four-track cassette machine that they recorded the song. And uh, when, yeah, when the movie got picked up, then they just re-recorded it in a regular studio. So that's why it sounds oh, yeah. a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of definitive to this movie. That It's fun. It sets the mood good. It does. And I think oh, the yeah. song is just called Clerks, too. 
dog. It was always, you know. And then later, Soul Asylum did like a song too that's like on the closing yeah, credits, yeah. which oh, actually yeah, fit, yeah, fits the movie mm-hmm. good too. Gavin Smith did the video for that. Yeah, music video. But, See that thing on the on the counter there? That's just like uh, a liver of like a cow yeah, or something. It's haggis. Yeah, they threw shit on it to make it look dirty. Yeah, this guy comes in because apparently uh, at this uh, quick stop convenience store, pretty much everybody just comes in to buy cigarettes. So this guy, working for a damn chewing gum company, he brings his dirty liver, or I mean dirty lung, I should say, to uh, try to get everybody to stop smoking and not only chew gum, but chew Chewley's gum. <laughs> exactly, Chewley's. And I like how you can still, like, on the little box of Chulis, like, you can't see it too good in this shot, but later on you can see it a little bit better. Like, the Chuli sign on the box of gum is, like, so homemade. <laughs> Never noticed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. Kevin Smith worked in this, um, he, like, from what I understand, he worked both in the convenience store and the video store next door, as did Brian Johnson. And uh, a story I heard them tell recently on a podcast, um, like, one of those live shows they did was... When they were working in the convenience store. Well, we got to say right here, this is the first appearance of, of Walt Flanagan. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a fake beard as his hair sticking out of his hat. But, um, oh, here comes Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, great, yes. Great intro. But when did you discover this movie, by the way? I was lucky enough that that I, I was, like, able to, like, just go into, like, even mainstream theaters. I saw, because I guess, apparently, I was seeing Miramax movies. I saw the trailer of this for, like, months, believe it or not. And then when it opened, it was only playing in an art house theater, so my dad took me to see it. So I got to see it, like, right away. It was awesome. <laughs> so you're, you're young enough to have your dad take you? Yeah. And did it was, your dad watch it with you? Oh, yeah. He, he loved it. He, and he loved Jay and Silent Bob. We both did. Like... Like to me, it was it was literally it's literally the funniest comedy I've ever watched. Cause like honestly, I, like I like I enjoy regular comedy movies, but the type of humor is like not really like shit that makes me laugh. But this movie, cause I was like about seventeen when when I saw it, and I I was also working at McDonald's at the time, so like I really related to, to the kind of like fuck around at work clerk's lifestyle here so mm-hmm. like this movie is right up my alley and like literally it was just, like the funniest movie and like i i think pretty much me and my dad were like the only people in this fucking theater watching it so it was like that was like surreal on top of it so like like later on like people started knowing about it from the vhs coming out but like yeah i was about this shit like so much earlier than most people yeah, I didn't discover it until Jan Bob Strike Back in 2001. I was like 12 years old, yeah. and I saw the trailer, and I was like, I got to see this movie. And I remember thinking, like, oh, it's called Jan Bob Strike Back. This must be a sequel. So I remember going to the video store and looking for Jan Bob. <laughs> Jan <Silent> Bob. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys have a Jan Bob movie? And uh, they, like, this is, uh, the internet was around, but I didn't have it. Shit like yeah. that. But yeah, I think uh, the first one I saw... And I realized, oh, okay, it's not called JSO. So they're just characters in the movie. It was Mallrats. Yeah. Which is basically just a big budget remake of this movie. Pretty much. And then, like, after that, I started, like, I noticed, like, oh, at the end of the movie, it tells you where James and Bob is going to be next. Like, it says uh, they'll return chasing Amy. So, yeah, I think Clerks, I saw pretty close to the end, like, uh, after chasing Amy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I pretty much. I want to say I, I saw all the Kevin Smith movies like when they came out, with the exception of Red State, just because that was like in uh, that Red State was the first one I missed in theaters, just because it didn't play in any theaters near me. And same with uh, Tusk, 
like like I I almost got to see Tusk. He was playing like about a hundred miles away, but I didn't see I couldn't find the showing until it was like like that Thursday when it closed. You know what I mean? So like if I would have seen it like at the 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 whatever showtime listing like a day earlier i would have went to see it but uh yeah like mm-hmm. i was all about the kevin smith shit and it's kind of funny because i was so in love with this movie and then like once it came out on video my friend bobby like bought a copy and like so then we watched it like maybe you know maybe like a year or two years after it came out like we were watching this fucker all the time so like i love this movie so much and it's kind of funny that like when uh same with my dad like when we, then when the mall rats came out and we were so excited to go see it like i the first time i saw mall rats honestly i thought it sucked mm-hmm. and uh because compared to this movie i just thought it was just like some goofy bullshit and i didn't think the yeah. main guys in that movie were nearly as good as uh the two guys in this one like i always like yeah. jason lee obviously but Mallrats mm-hmm. as a movie to me is a huge letdown from this. But then, like, I got the DVD a few years later just to kind of like have it, just because Jay and Silent Bob were in it. So, like, yeah, like I ended up like l- falling in love with Mallrats over time. Like, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people did. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing recently they're going to put it out on a uh, what's it called? Um, Arrow. Arrow, yeah, and they're going to have like. Only they've only aired it once, but it was like a cut for TV version where they yeah. took out the cuss words and changed it with different words. And apparently, it's so bad that they only showed it once. And like, I kind of <laughs> yeah. want to get it just to see, that. <laughs> just to see that. Yeah, yeah. I know the previous Blu-ray, which I have, uh, I probably will get the Arrow one to be honest with you. But the pre- previous Blu-ray has like the extended cut as well. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, uh, other than just like a curiosity, the extended cuts like not really good. Like the yeah, theatrical cuts way better because there's just like this whole weird subplot of like them being at some like civil war reenactment bullshit that goes wrong or a play or something. It's just it's really yeah goofy. the opening yeah yeah. yeah. We talked over with that scene where the anti-smoking part with the Chulies gum guy, and yeah. they find out he just works for the Chulies gum. Yeah. Like apparently that was really hard to get. Uh, what's his, what's his fuck? Uh, that asshole uh, Weinstein. Oh yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Like Harvey. they kept trying to get him to watch the movie because they wanted Miramax to pick it up, but he kept walking out like three different times on that scene. <sighs> Cause he was like a big smoker or something. And so people had to like, basically like hold him down. Like they were like, dude, it's yeah. It's just one, like trust us, just bear with it. It's a, it's a funny movie. And like, finally he did. And then he, he ended up getting the movie. Yeah. I gotta say for like many years, I mean, we all now know Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. I thought he was just some ugly guy who was good at picking up movies to distribute. Like we Fucking all know. Chud. Yeah. We all know he's a monstrous, you know, raper piece of shit who's going to spend the rest of his life in jail now, and that's awesome and everything. But, like, to, you know, divorce yourself from that, because it's not like he was really, even though technically he did co-direct a movie a long time ago, He, you got to separate. He didn't actually make these movies that Miramax mm-hmm. put out. You know, like, Miramax was a great film studio, and for, like, you know, especially, like, for my, uh, you know, kind of teens through my early 20s like they're the only ones like like pretty much i mean i still went to see like studio movies and shit but at the time studio movies were very bland and lame in the 90s and early 2000s and like miramax was really at where it's at and like for like a good six seven year period almost all my f- movies that came out that I actually really liked you know were miramax movies you know what i mean mm-hmm they were taking the most like uh you know chances and just like getting like you know independent movies and putting them out and stuff at the time yeah 
here we get introduced to Dante's girlfriend, and I actually really like her, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, um, you know, like, the perspective changing between, like, when, you know, obviously, like, I was a 17-year-old kid the first time I saw this, and now, like, I'm, like, you know, in my 40s, like, now I look back and I'm like, wow, she really is an awesome girlfriend. You know what I mean? But at the time, she just yeah. seemed annoying because she was the girlfriend who just shows up at his work and like you just want her out of the way so he can hang out with Randall. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now looking back, I really appreciate her and I really like this uh, this actress, Marilyn uh, Gigliotti, however you say her name. Does she do anything else? You know, at the time, I remember her doing some like like little like super low budget indie movies too that you could like order through vhs like i'm so old zach i remember like you could look in like the back of like fangoria and shit and there would be like these like and i ordered some too there'd be like these cheap ass vhs distributors that have all these independent movies you could order a vhs from i remember her doing that stuff but i don't remember her ever like and it's weird too because it's like i don't know it's like you know kevin smith like when you listen to the commentaries and stuff, it seems like he liked her and everything. Like she was fun to work with, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. He like never really brought her back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever hear the story about her and the guy that played Randall getting to like a, I don't know. It wasn't really a fight, but like she probably made Randall a better, uh, actor. Really? Yeah. Apparently like she, like, uh, before they started filming, it was like the day before and they're like, yeah, if there's anything you guys just want to bring up, uh, you know, talk now and stuff like that. And she just uh, she kind of threw him under the bus. She's like, I don't think he's ready. And then that that basically like got him really worried, and he he basically like buckled down and started learning his lines a lot better. And like the first thing they shot was that scene with him and her, or it was like one of the first scenes. And like uh, he was like really intimidated to be shooting with her. And like on the first take, she fucked up a line. <laughs> and that like and then that like got him like yeah like you know i don't gotta worry like she can make a mistake just like a and then yeah it just made him like buckle down and shit that something similar happened with uh jay on uh dogma right too, with uh alan rickman right there's a pretty <laughs> funny story about that yeah i i couldn't imagine we should say that this movie is cast i mean there like there's no obviously no stars in this movie this being a twenty thousand dollar movie pretty much but it was an interesting mix of like theater students, people who had worked like theatrically, you know, doing plays, and then like also just like his buddies, and then also some of the people that like play the customers are literally just customers from the store. And like I gotta say, for that type of production and that level of talent that he had access to, like the movie's actually really well done acting wise. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you ever watch that? Uh, I think it's called the Snowball Effect. The little documentary on the new on the Clerks 10X DVD set, and it's on the new Blu-ray too. You know, I don't think I did. I re- I watched the thing that's on this one, the Lovely Tea Party, but I don't think I watched the Snowball Effect. But I read about it like today when I was like scrolling through the Wikipedia or something. Like, what? Yeah, what was it about about that special feature? Yeah, it's basically just like breaking down like his life back when around the time he like made it like you know going through all the stories on set like this guy right here that's coming up um kevin smith was originally a part of like a like a little comedic troupe like he, mm-hmm. him and three friends and originally this movie was written as a vehicle for them like that guy that just walked up and said in a row that was supposed to be like uh silent bob originally 
And like, uh, like I remember hearing like the reason Randall has the best lines is because originally he wanted to play Randall. Yeah, Kevin Smith was going to be Randall. I know that. Yeah, but then he got worried because he had to memorize a lot of dialogue. And then the other, the third guy from the troop is the guy that shows up later. The the like gym guy with the milk. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Ernie or whatever his name is. Yeah, well, apparently his, there was. It, it's yeah, Rick Darris in the movie, but yeah, it's it's, it's buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, like whenever he first started, like okay, I, I, I think I'm gonna get some real actors to play this movie. Apparently, they weren't very happy. They were like, "This was supposed to be our thing, man." Yeah, it's, it's in that documentary if I remember right. I think this is like you know kind of how like Reservoir Dogs has the ear cutting scene that helped that low budget movie get noticed. I think that that scene that just passed right now, the 37 dicks scene, is like the thing that made Clerks famous at the time. Exactly. It's a funny scene. It is. But at the same time, I never got why he was so pissed about it. It's not like she hasn't brushed her teeth since then. I know, I know. <laughs> it is shocking, though. I'd be pretty... I, <laughs> like, I want to throw a shout-out to the older guy here who's pissed about the video store still being closed. Like, he was one of the guys that was just a customer at the store, and they had him come in. And I think he's actually awesome, because he seems like a real dickhead. and like He's a decent actor, yeah. Yeah, he's actually good. I would like. I remember thinking, like, why isn't he in more of the movie? Because they kind of set it up like he he forgets his keys. Yeah. Dante throws them away. You think he's gonna be in the rest of the movie, like wandering around looking for his keys or something? Must have called a locksmith. Like I wasn't paying too close attention, but uh, have you ever heard of um, that movie Kevin Smith produced and one of the guys that helped him make this movie directed it called A Better Place? Uh no. Yeah, it's it's actually a really cool movie. I just rented the DVD. The DVD's been around forever. Um, it's only available on DVD. It was like when Kevin Smith, you know, like around the time he was like helping all his friends make these tiny budget movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there was the Drawing Flies one, and then there was a Better Place, and then there was that Vulgar, Vulgar the Clown one. He did it, yeah, his buddy who worked, uh, it was actually his buddy who, like, uh, Vinny, who uh, they used to, like, go and see all the art house movies together, and uh, they went together to see Slacker, which gave him the idea that he could actually yeah. make clerks. But yeah, I think that's the guy that talks about the original uh, version of this movie being more David Lynch like in that documentary. Yeah, he's almost like the film historian of the company or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like so basically, um, uh, I was blinking. I was going to say, but that movie, um, it's about it's basically about these two kids. Like one's just like a normal kid with problems, and the other one's like a kid who's like starting to go psycho a bit. And like they go in the woods, and like they're fucking around, and like they're on this old guy's property, and like he's starting shit with them. And, like, they throw a rock at him and hit him and he dies. I'm pretty sure it's that guy. Because it's, like, an older guy that looks just like him. So, like... Dog. Yeah. So, like, I, that guy should have been in more movies. That goofy walk he did into the store. I like how they don't even explain what the fuck he was doing there. But the, but it totally has a name. Like, they call it the <laughs> Wrangle or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that as a kid. Yeah. I will say, like... It totally is like there's two. Oh yeah, here's the old guy comes back. Mm-hmm. I love it when he tells him no time for love, Doctor Jones. I kind of feel like they made that the, this movie made that line famous because like you know I, like I actually remember when I was a kid when Indiana Jones two came out and Short Round tells him no time for love, Doctor. Like that really wasn't like the big big catchphrase of Indiana Jones at the time. Like, but now it gets dropped all the time, and I think it's actually because of Clerks. Yeah, it's funny how like his movies took things from like movies like that and did them like in like uh, uh, Dogma when he throws the the two angel guys uh, Matt Damon and 
Ben Affleck off the train and he turns around and some guy was watching him do it and he goes, no ticket. Like whenever I finally saw like, cause I watched, you know, Kevin Smith movies first. So when I finally saw like the second Indiana Jones movie and he did that, I fucking like, I was laughing at just like, Oh, like, cause I, I thought of that movie. Well, that reminds me though. Like what's your favorite, like uh, Kevin Smith movie? Oh, by far this. Really? Like, yeah, I, I, I always like dogma. And I, I saw that you have that old Blu-ray that, like, yeah. is always going for a shit ton of money. What is the deal with that? It just literally, basically, I want to say if I'm... So, like, the deal that happened with Dogma was Miramax actually made it. And mm-hmm. then all these Catholic people got obsessed, upset before the movie even came out. So then, then, like, Miramax had to do some shit where it was, like... It was like, oh, like we we made it, but we don't want to put it out, so we want somebody else to put it out. I'm ninety nine point percent sure that that Blu-ray came out from Sony, and mm-hmm. it, and you know it initially came out, and it was like that time, you know. And there's a lot of Blu-rays that come out. It's like Blu-rays you want to buy, but you don't even realize they're out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just came out, and however many copies they made, whatever it was, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, whatever, they just never fucking reprinted it once those sold out. And, mm-hmm. and like it was available for maybe two or three years, and then it, then I think it was actually out of print for a while before anybody realized it. And then it was like once like your Best Buy, your Amazon, or whoever didn't have any copies. See, like like once those major websites sell out, the 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 like rush to uh, you know scalp comes into play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just lucky that I just bought it. I think I ordered it from Best Buy, and I was just lucky to buy it because. Um, I, I, for some reason, I just never picked it up on DVD because I had, uh, I had Clerks and Mallrats on DVD, but then like Chasing Amy, I never picked up. I think because they were always expensive, to be honest with you. And then Dogma, for some reason, I never picked up. But then when Blu-ray came around, I was like, oh, you know, I want to get the ones that I haven't bought yet. So yeah, it was just because I never got the DVD is why I was lucky enough to get that Dogma Blu-ray when I did. Chasing Amy was always under the Criterion collection. That's why yeah. it always cost money. Yeah. That's right. That, money. That, yeah, yeah. And then when it came out on Blu-ray, it was just like a regular, you know, cheap Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You got the best yeah. of both worlds. There, you ever hear that funny story or see that video on YouTube of Kevin Smith protesting his own movie, Dogma? No, not exactly. But I remember all the kind of stunts he pulled around that time. <laughs> Yeah, do you ever watch uh, an evening with Kevin Smith? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I, I went to one of the early uh, live ones when he was first doing it. He tells that story in there, and I always thought it was funny. And like recently, I saw the see. Anytime there's a a movie that takes place in a video store, I'm always looking in the background to see all the tapes. Like, which ones do I recognize? I saw uh, Evil Dead there. Yeah, yeah. I was doing, I was actually free streaming this Blu-ray. <laughs> The other night doing that. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 is in the back. I thought it was funny, too, um, this scene, because the guy who plays Randall, he didn't want to say all the, It's a scene, uh, for people not following, it's a scene where he has to order all the pornos over the phone, and that lady's there with the baby. He didn't want to say that shit in front of, like, you know, the lady and the kid. So, like, they just shot him in, like, a separate shot. But then when they mm-hmm. shot her reaction shots... I think it was that Vinny guy. It was, I think it was his like sister or sister-in-law or something, or his niece. Like she was like, "Oh, I want to know, like you know, what I'm supposed to be reacting to." So he just, so him, he just ended up reading that nasty list himself. Yeah. So the, yeah. 
So the kid was there anyway. Yeah, the kid heard everything. <laughs> That's funny. I always thought this was like ingenious that they got the cat to shit on camera in front of this guy. And like supposedly it's 100% legit. The cat is shitting. And it's just like, you know, it's not even like whatever that a cat's shitting. It's just the customer guy's like the look on his face. <laughs> mm. He's just like, he wants to pay for whatever he wants or whatever, but he's just like waiting for this cat. And meanwhile, uh, Dante's just on the phone, like working out all his problems because, you know, the major plot is here. He just found out that his ex-girlfriend, Caitlin's going to get married. Mm-hmm. And she never said anything about it, so he's calling to make sure it's not a mistake. Yeah. I always thought, like, is that fucking Dante's cat? Is it just at the store, or is that the customer's cat that he just brought in with him? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the... Uh, in the commentary I listened to today, I had it in the background while I was working. They they said whose cat it was, so I don't know if it was always at the store. Um, I want, oh, it was Vinny's cat is who it was. So I don't know if it was already always at the store if they did because there are like bodega cats in New York and shit. But I don't think a New Jersey like convenience store in the suburbs would have a cat <laughs> just like chilling around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always love this line der- delivery from Jay's. Like he speaks some English, but he cannot speak good like we do. Yeah, <laughs> like Jay can <laughs> barely speak. This is the berserker scene where he's introducing the Olaf, uh, their their friend who's a Russian metal singer, and like yeah. It's funny, too, how this girl comes up and she's, like, all curious about it. And I want to say mm-hmm. she was, like, the makeup girl on the movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Uh, why, why did Olaf never make another Universe uh, appearance? I don't know why, but they made t-shirts out of him that you can buy from, like, Kevin Smith's comic book shop. Is it uh, Brandon Lee's character wearing the Berserker shirt through the whole movie? Yeah, yeah. Ones? <laughs> yeah, that one where it's like got his face on. We should say too that it's it's based on some uh, Walt Flanagan hijinks when they were at the mall when they were kids, like when they were fifteen, sixteen years old. Walt oh, yeah. Walt stole the wig off a mannequin at J.C. Penney and put it on backwards, and they walked around the mall and he did a fake Russian accent, pretending to be a fake uh, Russian metal singer. <laughs> Supposedly, some people actually believed it. Okay, this scene where where Randall gets done watching Return of the Jedi, like the sound effects of the movie are so (laughs) bad. She's very like cheesy. It's like "Ah." (laughs) and then he reveals like, you know what I just watched? Return of the Jedi. It's like that's not what that was. I know. Now here's the Berserker guy singing the song, and like later on, like isn't there like a real version of it that plays for like a second (laughs) or two? Yeah. Yeah. Because they got to do the soundtrack afterwards. That's right. Yeah, they were able to do that. Now here's a here's a guy like uh, on the commentary. Kevin Smith called him the Bill Murray esque character, and I have to say this guy is completely doing like a Bill Murray Caddyshack impersonation, <laughs> like even talking out of the side of his mouth and everything. I never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. And I always thought this was gross too that uh, Dante actually eats the chips that that guy had like his hand down in there for the hours and shit. He's probably sweating into the fucking yeah. tin cup or whatever it is. And plus, how many takes they probably had to do with all the lights on them and shit. <laughs> I always thought the the store was cool how like the counter here and like I've never really been to a store like this, but the counter that you walk up to, like the front of it, is actually an ice cream freezer. I always thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- I found this interesting when uh, Randall asked Dante, because you know how everybody jerks off to Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back? Like, I know mm-hmm. you're not, like, a Star Wars fan, uh, Zach, but uh, everybody claims it's, it's Empire Strikes Back is by far the best. And uh, Randall asked Dante, hey, what do you like better, Empire or Return of the Jedi? 
And uh, Dante says, Empire, of course. And then Randall says, Blasphemy. So I'm actually Blasphemy. shocked that like he actually disagreed with that notion that Empire is the best. Yeah. I remember when I did finally go and watch uh, Star Wars. I, I thought that was the worst out of the original three. Empire? Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's a handful of scenes in it that are great. Like I love the AT-AT walkers at the beginning and stuff. But there's like a chunk of that movie where story wise, like nothing's progressing. Just everybody's uh, yeah. kind of like floating around, like out in space, like to kill time. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what I noticed. Yeah. The beginning's great and the ending is awesome. Uh, not just because Han Solo gets frozen in Carbonite, but, you know, the whole fight with Darth Vader is awesome. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the whole middle chunk of that movie is very, very middling. All Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets, though. Yeah. I like Jedi a lot though because I like the part that starts out in Tatooine when he has to go like uh, they have to like free everybody who's been captive by uh, Jabba the Hutt. I thought that part of the movie was awesome, mm-hmm. but it always felt weird that they just blow up another Death Star again. Yeah, did they uh, record this song for the movie specifically? This Chewbacca song? No, nah, Kevin Smith said on the commentary um, that this was his existing song. Like they oh. just found it, you know. Genius. But it, but it it definitely sounds almost like a homemade recorded song because like the music is so loose and shittily played. Oh yeah. But I, I I still say that all the fucking time though. When 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 Chewbacca comes up, I always say what a Wookie. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a funny story about this guy too. Apparently, like uh, Jay was just sh- like he came in while they were shooting <laughs> yeah. the scene, smoking a joint or something, and like uh, the guy's like what the do you know who i am and they all like what and he's just like i'm a narcotics officer and they all got really fucking scared but he's gonna tell on them or something yeah yeah because he was he was kind of getting jay back because jay like was always drunk because because jay was very nervous like even though in real life he really is like jay or i should say you know he was when he's a kid that's why kevin smith wanted to put in the movie that he just did outrageous shit like would pull his dick out and say crazy shit all the time like he didn't care He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, it was so crazy that when they finally got to do the movie, that Jay was like so fucking self conscious and like wouldn't do anything. Like when he danced, they had to like have everybody turn around or go away. Like nobody could watch him dance. He was so and shy. The whole crew had to leave, like yeah. just press record and leave the camera outside to record him. So like the entire yeah the entire time that Jay is in this movie, he's like either like super drunk or super stoned. So he was like constantly passing out on the floor of the store, and he was like laying on the floor half passed out when they were shooting that scene with the the plumber guy. And uh, the plumber guy like kept fucking up his lines. So Jake yelled out, "Is he?" He was like, "Oh, did he fuck up again?" And like it pissed the guy off. <laughs> so that's why he did that joke on Jay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I always thought he really was. Like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. like because he told he told Jay, "I'm a narc. Don't you guys know I'm a narc?" And they all got scared, and they're like, "No, nah, I'm just fucking with you." <laughs> This scene's awesome, too. This is, like, another memorable one besides the whole, you know, innocent contractors getting blown up on the second Death Star thing. Like, this was one of my favorite scenes was when he tells the lady, I don't appreciate your cunning ruse attempt to trick me or whatever. (laughs) It must feel so good to point out the shortcomings of others, huh? Yeah. And this lady lady feels like such a real customer you would have, like, back in the day. mm Mm-hmm. I never worked at a video store. I always thought it'd be a cool job. I did, and it was an awesome job. What's mm-hmm. What's weird though is like people got so fucking weird about late fees, and like we weren't even like militant about it. We would be like, 
we would be like, oh, you have a late fee. And, and you always knew that the people were like scammers too because like they would like not come in for two years because they had a late fee. And they thought if they stayed away for years, it would like go off the system or something. <laughs> so they would always come up and like we would just literally be like, you know, like, like some people are really cool. This is awesome when he yells at the lady, you can't rent her anymore. And Jay goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just but, wasn't listening the whole time. No. Nah. But yeah, like people would get really weird. Like, and I was like very nice and shit. And um, I would just have certain people uh, be like, like, oh, you, it looks like you have a late fee here. You know what I mean? And, and like they would like start screaming at you immediately. And I had ladies like throw shit on the counter and scream. Like not even because I was arguing like, oh, you got to pay this before you rent. Like before I could even say anything because like we were super lax. I should say I worked for a Hollywood video. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like the manager's policy would be like try to get them pay half their late fee. But if it was somebody who rented on a regular basis and had a lot of late fees, we would just be like, can you pay a buck, you know? So a lot of times I, I would just be like, can you pay a buck? But, like, people would be weird before you say anything. They just start screaming at you. And I remember this one lady was, like, screaming at me. And she was, like, walking out the store screaming. And she, and she was, like, wanting to know my name and all this shit. And I was like, I, I, was like, I just yelled it to her. I was like, I don't care. Like, what are you going to tell me for? You have a fucking late fee. Big deal. He tried to make me pay my late fee. Yeah. Well, it's not even like like in that particular case, that lady yelled at me for like no reason. I was just like, he told me I had a late fee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Scott Mosier again, and uh, Kevin Smith's sister playing the girl they're talking to. Yeah, yeah. His sister ain't. Uh, she's she's pretty cute. You know, all the girls like related to whatever are cute because like the one girl that comes in later was his ex girlfriend, and then this is his sister, and she's not bad. And then yeah, uh, that's Kevin Smith. He look look at his gene. He's a fucking sexy man. He is. This yeah, this, this was probably Walt Flanagan's uh, best character, wouldn't you say? The guidance counselor who has to suck on all the eggs or whatever. Oh yeah, rub them on his nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was listening to the commentary for this, and uh, they recorded it in '95 on the set of Mallrats. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever heard this commentary, Zach, but uh, like it starts out like they're just like in a hotel room, you know, because it was like after a day of shooting or whatever. And like Jay is like passed out on the floor and like they even say he's like passing out already. So it's like Jay really never gets to say every once in a while he'll wake up for a second and yell some shit. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Walt was actually there because he was a crew member for a while on Mallrats. So th- that's that's where Randall accidentally, I guess, sells cigarettes to a four year old girl who then starts smoking it. <laughs> she puts the cigarette in her mouth while she's still in the store, and they still don't notice. <laughs> I know. That was uh, we missed one of the only continuity errors in the movie too. That sign was gone yeah. when she was buying the cigarettes. Now it's there again. Yeah, I never noticed that till on the commentary. He said that, but mm-hmm. also, also too, like um, they like the dialogue later. Like, assumes that, uh, you know, Dante was out of the store when Randall sold the little girl cigarettes. But he was actually there. He was just pricing shit in the back Mm -hmm. with the pricing guy. Now, here's, like, Walt Flanagan in, like, I think his final role, maybe. No, I think he, he, well, he's in a hood later, but you can't tell who it is. But this is, like, something Mm -hmm. you can see him see him. And I actually thought this was, like, pretty funny, the way this guy's, like, so pussy. He's like, oh, you're using filthy language in front of customers. Mm -hmm. But I... But, like, the trick of using the same guy to play, like, a million roles, like, it, it worked, except for this part, because, like, you kind of noticed because he was, like, playing the a, a new character, like, a minute after he was playing mm-hmm. another one. Look at that. They just showed the labia flaps. How'd they get away with that? How'd this not get an NC-17? 
It actually did, and uh, Kevin Smith briefly talked about it, and he never said why. Uh, I forget, there's like one dialogue scene he said he thought is why they got the NC-17, but they got them to reverse it to R without doing any cuts. Uh, I brought it up as a way to get into it, yeah. Like, apparently, uh, fucking Harvey Weinstein called a lawyer, and like he was able to get it down since it was just basically language that got him the NC-17. Yeah. On the commentary, they claim you can see that that bad shot really big, like when you're on like the big screen at a movie theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny when I was watching this again for the commentary, like this is the first time I think I watched the Blu-ray, and like that scene where uh, he comes, he opens up the door, and Jay puts the "I eat cock" yeah. thing on the. That was the first time I've ever been able to read that. Yeah, like watching the movie. Like usually it's like really like blown out, like white. Yeah. Yeah, because the lighting's weird because it's like at nighttime when they do that shot. Mm-hmm. I like this when they do the montage of the annoying characters and the guy at the video store is like, what would you get for a, a six-year-old boy who chronically wets the bed? <laughs> Encino Man. Exactly. It's on the wall, too. You can see it there. <laughs> That's what I would said, Encino Man. And it's funny how they keep making fun of uh, Navy SEALs in this movie because apparently that was like the hottest running video at the video store there. I've never seen that. Is that like a uh, what's his name? Uh, it's got Charlie Sheen, Michael yeah. Bean, Bill Paxton. It it it's actually pretty good, like a good action movie. Um, it's just like you know the only thing that's like whatever about it is like how over the top it is because there's like there's no way like you know because like they're always like when they're not on missions they're always partying or somebody's having a wedding or something. It's just kind of like. It's a good mm-hmm. action movie compared to other action movies of the time, but it's just one of those movies now that, like, you know when they make, like, a Navy SEAL movie now, it has to be 100% militarily accurate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lame. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Charlie Sheen version of Navy SEALs way better. Oh, yeah, we talked over the part where he comes in and goes, oh, you ever notice all the prices in a nine? And right behind him, there's a bunch of, like, prices in a five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the cigarettes. You know, like, you ever wonder why they do that? They always make it end and, like, like they do that so that you always have to open the cash register for right. some reason. Well, they do it, too. Everything always ends in a nine, too, cause, um, uh, to, like, trick you mentally. So, like, if something's, like, nine ninety nine, like, mentally you, th- you think, oh, I'm not paying 10 bucks, even though mm-hmm. once you throw tax in and shit, you are paying, like, probably 11 12 bucks. you know what I mean? Yeah. Genius, really. It is. Uh, I was, I was going to say earlier about signs on the thing uh, when uh, Kevin Smith and um, Brian Johnson worked at the store uh, I think the owners were gone for the day or something and like Brian Johnson's like oh I always wanted to do this experiment so he put a sign up that like some like cheap ass margarine that they had I forget what they called it like budgie boy margarine or something it was something boy margarine they they made like a hand drawn sign and put it on the cash register saying you know whatever boy margarine now in stock to see how many people would like bring it up and like all these people brought it up and like they were like making up a bullshit story about oh yeah we're actually the exclusive distributors in the region for this margarine and like people were actually starting to buy it and shit because the sign was because <laughs> you know like now in stock or whatever and they said there was like one guy that used to come in all the time he was like kind of like a construction worker guy and he just got pissed off at the sign like they didn't say anything to him about it he just saw the sign he's like well so what who cares if it's in stock <laughs> Fucking see, these. This is why, like, fucking Dante's got it all wrong. 
he hates his lot in life and everything. Sometimes, like, you just got to look on the bright side. Sometimes, like, people like that make your job worth living. Yeah. Like, I got to say, and there was, like, a few tense moments, more so when I was working at the video store off and on for, like, two years. Like, people just get really weird and upset over shit. But, I mean, I'd say, like, the bad experiences were probably a grand total of, like, 5 to 10% of the time. And the rest of the time, it, it was just totally awesome. Just, mm-hmm. like, the weird people that you get to know that come in on a regular basis. Or just, like, especially, like, you know, when I worked at the video store, I was younger. So, like, just all the girls that came through and you just could just talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, you're at work and you're getting paid just mm-hmm. to talk to girls for, like, 20, 30 minutes at a time. So, like, yeah. Like, maybe not so much a convenience store. But, like, I think definitely working in that shitty little neighborhood video store next door would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny because like I I always had a late fee at the video store and like every time like I'd always rent a movie expecting like oh yeah hopefully I watch sometimes I'd go like a couple days not see it and then I'd just be like I'll just keep it like and like I always had a late fee and like yeah I never got mad about it yeah it's it's weird like I I generally never really had them to be honest with you like there was like a couple times like the only times I really ever had late fees was just intentional it was mostly on the video games I rented just because I wanted to play them for an extra day or two so like that was no big deal so I would just especially the neighborhood ones that were like within a walking distance where I live I would just bring the game back and like let them know hey I kept it extra and then pay them there. But, like, the few times it happened to me on a movie, I think one time it was, like, Transformers, the movie. I used to rent that videotape all the time. And, like, I knew, like, we, like, and my mom did, too. Like, we're like, eh, we know we brought that back. But just not to argue, we just paid, like, the two bucks or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We didn't mention, too, like, the reason uh, they wrote into the script that uh, he jammed gum into the locks was because they shot most of the movie at night while the right. store was closed. So yeah. they, they wanted a reason for uh you did not be able to look outside and see that it was nighttime, which yeah, is pretty. It's a good, good call. It, it is a good call. Unfortunately, it led to them having to talk about shoe polish every, every like. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess we should say there's like three main get, re, like running gags in here. First one is I'm not supposed to be here today because it's all about Dante. He was supposed to get called in just for a couple hours on his off day. Ends up being there all day, of course. The second one was his ex girlfriend marrying an Asian design major. Like they keep bringing up Asian design major. And then mm-hmm. the third one is that he smells like shoe polish because he had to use a can of shoe polish to make the sign. And I have to mm-hmm. say, like, the only one that kind of, like, runs on my nerves a little bit is the shoe polish. Because it's like, who fucking cares if the guy smells <laughs> like shoe polish? You know what I mean? I don't even know if I've ever smelled shoe polish. I wouldn't even notice if someone smelled like it. Yeah, it's 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 just really weird. I haven't smelled it since I was, like, a little kid. And even then, it was just, like, a can I found in, like, my grandparents' house or whatever. And I just Did you huff it, it to get high? yeah pretty much because once you open that shit but it's not like it's like the foulest smelling shit of all time it just smells like i don't know like some greasy old paint or something is is fucking our boy randall is he a commie he He is they're wearing the russian jersey everybody else has and that was another thing too is like i can't believe like kevin smith did or whatever was like he was so worried about the brands of food or whatever Like, if you notice when they show a lot of the food brands, like, some of them they show regular, but some of them, like, he puts, like, tape over the logo and shit. But then they just wear, like, actual NHL jerseys with, like, the penguins and devils and shit in the movie. I'm just like, did you not think you were going to get in trouble for that? Like, (laughs) See, I'm just wondering if Randall would spray me with his commie gummies. He probably would. That's the the whole running gag. Is Randall gay or not? Yeah, I thought about that actually. Like, uh, they should make like a Teletubby spinoff and call it Commie Cummies, and they could mm-hmm. be like 
different colored sperms, and they're talking about like seizing the means of production and stuff. That'd be cool. That would be really intellectual. Like, I think you could actually like reboot that because, no, I'm serious. Because you know how like everybody wants their like childhood like cartoons or shows or whatever turned into serious PG thirteen intellectual, uh, you know, you know, tentpole event movies. Now, like, you could mm-hmm. actually bring that in. That guy on the bottom of the left hand of the screen that just got into his car. You think he knew he was in a movie when that no, happened? No, no, no. I think at he all. got credited like guy getting into his car on the bottom left side of the screen. The one guy that walked up to the store with the hat on and the um That's the, the guy right gray, there, yeah. Gray sweatshirt. Uh he was originally supposed to play the snowball guy, but then he was like, No, I don't everybody will think I drank cum or whatever. So then that's why oh, Scott man. Mosier had to play Snowball. Scott Mosier is him and he yelled at himself. Yeah, so like with Scott, the beard. Yeah, he has like a beard when he has a beard on walking around, he's like this zombie like stoner guy called Willem Black, but then he's just like a tough lumberjack guy who comes to the store wanting cigarettes and he's clean shaven. So I'll get I'll give Kevin Smith credit for this being an amateur movie, whatever. Like they had the timing of to know to get that shot of like mm-hmm. him yelling at himself with the beard and like cut it and it cut together perfectly. Like and that was another thing too, was was like you kind of catch on to Walt playing a million characters with the two characters that Scott Mosher plays. You would never know because he looks completely different with and without the beard. That shot, like, oh, are you guys open? No, I would. That's the kind of thing I would have forgot. Like, uh, we would yeah. already shaved him, and then yeah. like, oh shit. Exactly. Now we gotta wait like a couple months for you to grow another beard. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Remember that guy right there with the long hair? You'll see him again later. Yep, yep, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that reminds me, like, oh, this is one of my favorite characters in the movie. <laughs> this guy. Oh, yeah, he's the best. <laughs> he, he reminds me a lot of uh, Jackie Mason from uh, Caddyshack 2. I don't know if you've ever seen Caddyshack 2. A long time ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy, he, he ends up dying while he's taking a shit. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's got a boner because he was looking at, you know, dirty magazines and then, yeah, some wackiness ensues. We'll get to that, though. <laughs> yeah, but this scene by itself, it, this guy's hilarious, this old guy, because he's like what you call, what, uh, you know, uh, Rick James uh, type. He's he's like a habitual line stepper. Because he first, first he asks, like, do you have a bathroom? He's like, yeah, but it's only for employees, so you can't use it. He's like, oh, I know, but I know that, but I thought you'd let me use it anyway. And he's like, oh, okay, go ahead. And then he comes back and he's like, what kind of toilet paper do you have? He's like, the white kind. He's like, I didn't ask about the color. I asked, is it rough? Is it soft? He's like, ah, it's kind of rough. He's like, oh, I saw you saw some, he sold some toilet paper. Can I take some? So he's like, <laughs> not only is he using a bathroom he's not supposed to fucking like use, then he wants the better toilet paper to go shit for free. Then mm-hmm. like finally he come back and he's like, oh, can I take a magazine with me? He's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, oh, actually I want one of the pornos behind the counter. And he's like, okay, he just hands him a porno mag. And he's like, actually, could you give me that other one? They got the bigger titties in that. <laughs> so this guy's just awesome. Yeah. Like, like you could make a movie about this guy's this, a day in this guy's life, like before he came to the store and like died. You know what I mean? Like all the That'd shit great, he probably yeah. pulled. He's like that Mr. Magoo type character. Like all kinds of shit happens wrong around him. He doesn't even notice. Exactly. Like uh, apparently. Uh, if you watch the the first cut, there's they cut out another time that he comes in and asks for something. If right. I remember right, yeah, because yeah. Kevin Smith said the only part of this movie he doesn't like is this shot here, how he has to cut to Jay and Bob outside for no reason. 
Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I always liked that shot of Jay just, like, looking at the... Because the point of... The reason Jay's looking at the dollar was supposedly, like, the scene earlier, there was, like, some money that fell off the roof or whatever that he caught. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I like the random times they just show Jay and Bob, like, outside. And I got to say, I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. I'm a Jay and Silent Bob fan. Uh, you know, I enjoy like that they got to do bigger stories like in Mallrats and Dogma or whatever. But I have mm-hmm. to say, like this movie is my favorite portrayal of them. Like, cause they, like they seem like legit hard edged like fucking guys in this movie. You know what I mean? Hmm. I was gonna ask, did you ever watch the Clerks animated series? You know, I caught a couple episodes when it was on, and uh, it didn't like blow me away or anything. Like it was okay, but it just like. It was network TV, so to me, it didn't really line up with this. I did buy one of the early Clerks comic books one time, though. I remember that. Dog. Yeah, they they put that out on DVD. I got it. Like, uh, yeah, I, I remember like hearing like, oh, I remember people were talking about like, oh yeah, it got canceled because it was so terrible. Like, oh, uh, uh, it, uh, like whenever I was hearing about it, I think people got confused with the live action Clerks TV right. series that was only like one episode the pilot i actually want to see that like i don't know if that's available anymore but I, i've seen clips of it before but i actually would love to see that jim brewer playing randall mm, that would be hilarious <laughs> yeah apparently like uh i've heard him talk about he says like very seldom like uh, people have like there's probably like he can count on one hand the amount of people that have seen it and apparently it's a just kind of a say by the bell ripoff type of mm. sitcom kind of thing Another one that I never knew that they made a lame sitcom out of was I never knew they made a lame sitcom version of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And that one like actually aired and like re-aired on reruns like uh on cable and shit. And uh in that one, uh if I'm remembering I, I think Dean Cameron plays Spicoli. So I've always wanted to see that, but I've only seen clips of that too. Who plays Phoebe Cates? I don't know, but definitely somebody who's doesn't look like Phoebe Cates. <laughs> exactly. Because there's only one Phoebe Cates. Exactly. See, this is this is another like way the movies are interwoven because like uh you find out in Mallrats that it takes place like a day or two before this You're one right. or after this one. Right. And what's funny is uh uh the guy who plays Randall, who that guy seems like he's problematic too. Uh but uh the guy who plays Randall is not in Mallrats, but the guy who plays Dante is, but he's playing like Dante Hicks' cousin on the dating show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, like, the guy that plays Randall is, like, whenever they wanted to make Clerks 2, he was the big holdup, and apparently yeah. he's kind of the, the holdup now. Is He just doesn't want to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. And we, sh- we should say, too, I mean, I guess she hasn't shown up in the movie yet, but the girl that plays Caitlin, uh, Dante's ex-girlfriend that he wants to get back with so bad, uh, Randall and her actually ended up getting engaged and then later married, and then like they're only married for like a year. Mm. And uh, fortunately, she passed away a couple years ago. Um, she had a, actually a lot of chronic health conditions, and then she had a battle with cancer. And, that sucks. Yeah, it was like unfortunately it was a uh, uh, accidental overdose on pain medicine, but it was mm. the type of medicine used for to battle the pain of cancer. So. If it was that bad, I I don't think there's really any way she probably could have survived. But uh, but I I saw some pictures of her, you know, 
from not too long ago. Uh, she passed away about three years ago, so I guess these pictures weren't too... She always looked the same as she did in this movie. I think maybe her just her hair was straight compared to how it was in this. But mm-hmm. And the guy who plays Randall actually pretty much looks the same. I would say the guy that plays Dante has kind of changed the most over the years. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a scene that took place inside here, but they couldn't shoot it, so they had to just leave it in the dialogue what happened while they went in there. Well, yeah, even the outside part, they never had permission to shoot there. So they just, like, mm-hmm. did it real quick and ran away. They did uh, animate the lost scene. Oh, it's terrible, the, though. <laughs> yeah, I never. I don't think I saw it. There's that guy with the long hair. Yeah. He's playing a woman. Yeah, playing a woman. And then next to him is Mosier playing another guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, I, now, now you can tell the low budget. Like, oh, they didn't have any lights. Yeah, no lights on the outside. It looks cool, though. But it, mm-hmm. but it looks like something you see in a horror movie or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the animated Lost scene today, Zach. And there's, like, no way they could have shot it. Because I think he rewrote it or something. Because, like, they run into the girl from Chasing Amy in there. And they even have her do the voice. And then, like, it's just all these constant, like... Like, basically, it turns out that, that uh, like, there's this whole story how... Um, uh dante knew that girl who died and he was going down on her one one time and her parents walked in and saw it and all this like i don't know like it seemed like to me when they animated it like they rewrote it because it was like there's all these weird connections to chasing amy in it and it was like do yeah i do remember him saying that like uh whenever he made chasing amy it was based on a character that got cut out of this movie or something like that Right. And it's just weird, too, because it's like the girl from Chasing Amy, and she keeps referencing over and over, like, making, like, little snide remarks that, you know, she likes girls better and all this kind of stuff. I'm just like, why would you just have a character show up out of nowhere just to be like, I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he had Mm -hmm. to have rewritten that for when they did the animated version of that scene. Might have, yeah. Yeah. The the dude uh, just walked out in the hoodie. That's the last, I believe, uh, appearance of uh, Walt Flanagan. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can. But when you listen to it, you you can't tell it is his voice. Hmm. Hell yes. Oh, See, I was thinking like two. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I I, I miss seeing those little like five cent candy dispensers in convenience stores. Hmm. I remember one time the the only time I ever uh, like shoplifted something. Like, uh, my mom was talking to her friend that worked at, like, at the gas station, and I just took a piece of gum out of one of those, <laughs> went outside, and then uh, got into the car. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even try to hide it. It was like, uh, I probably realized, like, uh, what I just did is wrong. So I, let, I made sure my mom knew, and she <laughs> made me go back in and give it back. You told on yourself. I did. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I really like stole a thing like that. But I remember. I remember one time we were at this. Uh, like uh little like vegetable market thing and like they had this like big bin of like pre-made salad so you just took tongs and like Mm -hmm. put a salad back so it was like lettuce carrots those little cherry tomatoes and i remember like i was in there with my mom and she was buying something else and i kept seeing this one cherry tomato in there and i wanted it real bad but i kept looking at the lady that like because i was like gonna pick it up and eat it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i remember like the lady was just like looking at me the whole time so i never got to do it Oh, did you ever hear like uh, Kevin Smith wrote another movie uh, before Mallrats, but after this, and it was kind of like another movie like this? 
I forgot what it was. No. Like, uh, I know he did an aborted version of Clerks um, 3 that that like they ended up not making and but like now the script that they have now like he's still trying to get clerks three but the script they have now for clerks three is different than the original one he wrote Mm -hmm. what do you think of clerks two i actually think it's pretty good like i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it you know what's weird too what's really weird yeah it's like it's like when you go when you first watch clerks two or at least i did because i was still pretty young when it came out because it came out like what, like ten years after the first one. I was like, "Oh, these guys are old. These guys are old." And now that I'm older, I'm like, "I'm like they were in their early 30s. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Clerks Two is maybe his last really good uh, comedy. I'll, I'll agree with that in a way. Like in a in a weird way, it's like a weird sequel to Clerks because mm-hmm. it's so much bigger in scope and budget than Clerks was. But then again, you have to understand that like. Um, you know, he had already made Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob. So, like, the whole View of Universe thing had, like, blown up. You know what I mean? Yeah, compared to, like, those, it's very scaled down. So, yeah. like, even though it's bigger, it's, like, on, like, that, what, dance number scene? Yeah, yeah. Which can be easy to, like, yeah, just not notice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I enjoyed Red State, but to me, that's, like... Even though I know Kevin Smith made it, it's not like exactly, mm-hmm. you know, like like what what I think of when I think of Kevin Smith movies. And you know, I've seen them all, with the exception of Jersey Girl. I've only seen bits and pieces of. Saw that in the theater. Really, Jersey Girl in the theater? Who, I was pissed. I was like, "When the fuck is Jason Pop showing up?" You was old enough to know it was a Kevin Smith movie. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first one I saw in theaters. Oh wow. That that guy on his shirt looks like the uh, the meme Chad guy. It you does ever see the Chad meme? <laughs> yeah. And Maybe the, that's what it's from. Maybe this guy is the original Chad. And then the girl is is uh, Kevin Smith's uh, girlfriend uh, from high school. I think they had already broken up by the time they made the movie. But it was his longtime girlfriend. And, uh, like, both female characters, uh, both uh, his girlfriend, I think, Veronica, and then Caitlin, there, there's pieces of both characters based after this girl apparently mm-hmm. and then this this is their buddy i think this is their buddy ernie and uh that's the other guy from that uh comedy duo they had yeah and then like the quick stop is still there i think but the rst mm-hmm. video has been long empty long closed down so like kevin smith i don't know if he bought it he's probably just renting it but i've saw a video there's a video on youtube of this guy pretty sure it was this guy uh, like renovating inside, they're gonna make it a podcast theater. Dog. Yeah. This dude was awesome too. He plays the guy from like the board or whatever. Like the way he like blandly, you know, reads out all these jer- Jersey statutes and all this shit. Like this guy actually comes off as convincing. Mm-hmm. This guy kind of looks like my uh, eighth grade science teacher. There you go, Mister Kirchhoff. Mister Kirchhoff. The Kirchhoff. Kirchhoff, he's doing a good job acting in Clerks. Oh, yeah. It is fucking hilarious, though, that somebody would sell cigarettes to a four-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, Randall's my hero. I like how he says, the fine is doubled due to the incredibly young age of the child. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> fucking perfect the way the guy says it. <laughs> and then the way Darius is like, oh, I'll get out of here. I like I don't want to do business with a guy who sells cigarettes to kids or whatever. 
Why wouldn't you? Like that's that's a guy you gotta have as a buddy. Yeah, like I don't like uh I don't know, it's it's like they're gonna smoke anyway. Like that's the thing. Like like I'm kinda tired. I mean obviously smoking is terrible. I don't smoke, like I know it's bad for you. Um my Hey grand- look, you could just see outside the window there. You can tell it's nighttime. Yeah, actually, it was nighttime when they filmed this. Oh, yeah, it is supposed to be nighttime now. Yeah, yeah, because, well, he always said, too, like, when they come back from the funeral, it's suddenly night, but nobody complains. But I'm like, well, like you can just explain that, that it was dusk when they ran out, and it took a while to get there. Mm-hmm. And then Big Choice video here, is, which is where uh, Randall closed his video store so he could go to a real video store to rent a good porno. <laughs> I see Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Oh, I see it, too, way back there. Right next to where he fell down. Great film. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I need to purchase that one. That's the only one I don't have. Oh, it's, I got that uh, Blu-ray double set. Yeah. The original box set one. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick that up. I need it's to get creamy that. goodness. I need to grab that, and I need to grab Critters before they go OOP. <laughs> yeah, this is where Caitlin finally shows up in person in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny too. Like I, I never like felt this way. Like the way the movie portrays them. Yeah, there's Vinny right there. Mm-hmm. He brings up, oh, she's marrying an Asian designer. Like when, I, for some reason, when I saw this movie when I was young, like I thought Caitlyn was real hot and his regular girlfriend was like just plain. But now that I see him, like they almost look identical to me. Like his two girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Jay's dancing. That's when they had to leave the camera rolling. Yeah, everybody had to go away. And like, uh, whenever they were getting ready to shoot Mallrats, he had another scene like this, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a big crew. You can't just fucking tell them you're you're shy to dance. You're gonna have to get over that shit." Yeah, that'd be crazy though to just make this little movie with your buddies, and then all of a sudden you're getting like huge, like Hollywood movie, and it's like, I know, that'd be like, yeah, it'd be surreal. Yeah, because when Mallrats came out, I think the budget was like only six million, but it only made like two million at the theater. Like it totally flopped, and then his career was like over already. And then he had to make Chasing Amy to make a comeback. But I mean, just mm-hmm. the fact that you're just going on to make even more movies because most people scrape together twenty, twenty five grand to make a movie. Like they make it, and then like nobody likes it, nobody picks it up for distribution. You don't know what to do with it next. Like you know what I mean? So I mean, mm-hmm. he really won the lottery with this. You know, his first movie. You know. Apparently that was the reason he wanted to be in the movie, just in case it became one of those movies that like he's still paying off the debt of like eighty right. years from now. He could put it in and then like he'd actually be in it so he could like be like, There it is, there's my big fucking moment. Fucking idiot. I guess we should take a moment too to talk about the Blu-ray of this. Like obviously I had the D V D for years, watched this movie a ton of times. Also watched it a bunch of times on VHS. I gotta say I love this Blu-ray. I love watching this on a big screen. Like I am a film, you know, film grain kind of guy. I love the black I love any black and white movie to be honest, you know, like especially the newer, like grittier black and white type movies. Like mm-hmm. I to me, like this movie is perfection. Like I know it's like financial suicide and it did hurt this movie, you know, at first. Like nobody was like, Oh, it's black and white, we can't put it out, blah blah blah. Because people have like that weird prejudice against black and white. But like mm-hmm. to me, there's so few like not even just right now, but like the last thirty years, there's so few black and white movies. Like I think like if you make a black and white movie and you have the balls to do it, you kinda almost already make your film special in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so weird too because I remember as a kid like 
you remember that stage you went through where it's like, I can't watch a black and white movie. The idea seemed completely foreign to you. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, this might have like actually really been because I can't think of anything. No, no, I guess Schindler's List. I was going to say, I thought this was probably the first black and white movie I saw in the theater, but Schindler's List came out before this. But before, I think Schindler's List, this, and then that movie Nebraska are probably like the only like three, uh, you know, new movies I've seen in a movie theater. Like I've also seen theatrically uh, Raging Bull and On the Waterfront and probably something else. But I mean, I've, I've seen like probably only five black and white movies in a theater in my entire fucking life. And I've seen thousands of movies in a theater. So to me, black and white is like special. You know what I mean? Yeah. Apparently like it it actually is like, there's something about it that is like more calming on your eyes. Yeah. So like, uh, the fact that people like are against it is kind of weird. Yeah. I don't, I know, I I know kind of like when you're a kid and the way it was in the eighties and all that kind of shit, it was kind of like, oh, black and white means an old movie. But mm-hmm. if you make a new movie in black and white, it doesn't really have that sort of, you know, connotation with it. Mm-hmm. I remember like whenever uh, I was like eating at a, the pizza place with my friends and we were talking about Kevin Smith movies. And they like they kept I think they were ranking them and like they weren't even mentioning clerks. And I was like, what about clerks? And they're like, oh, I've never even seen it. It's like black and white. Is that stupid? I was like, fucking watch that movie. What the fuck? Yeah, no shit. I think it even makes this movie better because, I mean, first of all, you have to light so much different for color, but I think it actually makes this movie better because in a weird way, like you said, like it calms your eyes and like it forces you to focus more on the dialogue. And the dialogue is, you know, it's like you have this movie where you got no money to do anything physically. The dialogue is definitely what makes this movie, you know, good and stand out. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like uh if like if you got a low budget you can't afford to light it like a you know make it look like a Hollywood type movie like just shoot it in black and white. Yeah. Like uh, it gets rid of like having to color correct it and all that stuff which is a big reason a lot of like really cheap looking movies look that way. Exactly. And I I love movies even that like just put a shot or two, like whether it be a flashback or something. I even like when movies just use a shot or two of black and white in a movie. Like it's cool. Like I never understand why people don't use black and white for like every flashback because it's just like I hate movies that have a lot of flashbacks and it just like gets like fuzzy and goes back into like another color scene and you're supposed to be like, oh, this was 10 years ago and it looks just like the rest of the movie. Like, (laughs) Mm hmm. Or they just do that lame sepia filter where it's like brownish. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Never use that. No, just use black and white. It's cool. Everything looks cooler in black and white. My first mm-hmm. short film I made made in black and white. That reminds, like I've been watching your uh, your YouTube videos recently. They're funny. Oh, thank you. I never saw any of them before. Yeah, they they're you know it's funny, but like. I haven't made, we really haven't really made them in years and years. We went strong for three or four years, then we kind of then slowly shot some and slowly paced them out, whatever. But what's mm-hmm. weird is, like, the last, I'd say, six months, like, you know, I haven't really done them in years. In the last six months, uh, all of a sudden, I get people messaging, hey, I really, you know, enjoy your videos. You ever think about making some more? So it's kind of interesting that I went years without anybody asking for more, but now I have some requests to make some more, so maybe I will. Oh, yeah. The return. The return. 
Yeah, so this is where we find out Randall went to another video store just to rent a porno with hermaphrodites in it called Best of Both Worlds. Have you ever seen, like, I remember at the time I was like, hermaphrodite porn exists? I've never seen yeah. anything like that. Like, I, hell yeah, I need to see this. I know. Like, I never believed it was something that was real, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think I've, like, Googled and looked and shit, but I, I don't think I've ever seen, like, real evidence that it's, like, a real thing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I think I did, like, a couple of years ago, I think I, I tried to, like, I gotta see somebody that has both. Right. I gotta see it. And I, I think I found one. But, like, yeah, maybe it was all my imagination. What if it doesn't exist? It probably doesn't. Because, like, if you think about it, like, think about it. Okay, think about it this way now. Like, now that everybody's, like, whatever, you know. is Well, first of all, you had, like, you know, in the, what was it, the 70s? You had to have, like, real film cameras and shit to make a porno. And then in the 80s, just about everybody could make a porno with video cameras. And then in, like, you know, the 90s, 2000s, everybody started doing webcams, right? Like, the amount of porn. Like, porn is so big. There's so much porn made. Like, if it was, like, a real thing, like you would be seeing those videos like on Pornhub, RedTube, whatever. You you would see that shit on the front page all the fucking time and like you never see it. See, it's gonna it's 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 causing me to have a kink for it. I want to get fucked by somebody with both. Like Randall oh, does. Oh yeah. Here's okay. that. I eat cock sign, yeah. You can actually see it. You can actually see it. Like just the outside lighting was always like kind of hard there too to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. So here's the two people that ended up getting married, but in this scene they totally hate each other. I always laugh at the uh, the sound effects from the porno too. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna do a pee real quick, and I'm gonna let my dog in because she's like outside my door, like crying. I'm Go for back. it, man. So yeah, so here's here's a great little standoff, a good little character moment between uh, Randall and Caitlin, and I always like this too. It, it kind of to me, even though it's an underplayed scene that a lot of people don't really talk about all the time. To me, it kind of sums up what the movie is really about because like you have this whole thing where you kind of spar back and forth, and Randall, you know, not that he would care about Caitlin anyway, but here he makes the joke about how they both eat Chinese, which I think it's funny they put a Chinese container just for that one joke. But anyway. You know, basically, he knows, like, because, you know, he, he talked to Dante all day, and he knows Dante wants to get back with her so bad and shit. He knows that this girl just kind of, like, trapes him back into Dante's life, you know, to whatever. She's done a lot of havoc before in his life, broke his heart, cheated on him, did all that shit. Now she's just waltzing back like nothing happened. I love the the line, and I think it sums up so much about the movie and the relationship between Randall and Dante, where uh, Randall says, hey... Uh, by the way, if you break his heart again, I'll kill you. He was mine first. So, I mean, definitely, I think that sums up a lot of, you know, about him. And then she's all like, oh, you're so cute, whatever. But, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of that weird thing, too, is like how we're talking about anytime you see an animal or something in an old movie. Oh, there's a great shot there where Randall looks at her ass as she walks away. But anytime you see, like, a movie where, like, an old, uh, oh, Randall found the IE cock sign on the window. But uh, anytime you see an old movie with, like, you know, a dog or something or a cat, you know, we're always like, oh, it's sad that that cat is uh, dead. But it's kind of funny when you watch this movie, you realize all these cigarettes, all these candies, all these, like, everything in this movie were, like, not only long gone, eaten, bought, eaten, but uh, probably for months at a time, they were, you know, 
at this convenience store, they were selling stuff that was technically props in the movie Clerks, and nobody ever thought about it, you know? Cause, oh, yeah. Because, like, imagine if you bought a chips that was in Clerks, but you just wouldn't know it, because by the time all that shit was off the shelves, the movie probably hadn't even come out yet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's when I was getting out with that guy getting in his car at the bottom left of the screen. He didn't know he was in a comedy classic. Exactly. And, like, literally millions of people. I guess I guess we should say, you know, it's kind of funny because now, uh, Zach, like, a movie doesn't launch your career as a director unless it makes, like, $100 million and, like, studios get insanely filthy. But, like, what I was saying, like, you know, they spend about twenty seven grand to make the rough version of the movie and then another two hundred grand to, you know, whatever... Uh, clean up the sound and shit so i mean this this movie was like well under budget wise you know for what, who knows what tiny fees miramax paid for, to to uh, you know acquire it but i mean i think miramax got this thing for well under 500 grand you know out to theaters and stuff and very minimal you know advertising mm-hmm. and it ended up grossing like a little over three million so this actually was a success but at the mm-hmm. same time, if that were to happen now, like you would have no career after a movie of that scale making that much money because it's like, oh, but we can just make another comic book movie and it'll make billions, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. This scene right here where she's explaining that, like, yeah, you were back there. Like, I went back to the to the bathroom and the lights were out and like we had sex and like it was so sexy the way you didn't say anything. Like they're setting up that guy that went back there and just yeah. he died. And like I remember, like watching this, thinking like that was like that's the funniest fucking. <laughs> well, like yeah. they added necrophilia to this movie. They did, and what's great about it is like it's so edgy and it's so well played, like the acting and shit. But like you, to- you know, even as a viewer, you totally forgot about that old man because it was so long ago that he like came in. I love the line where he's like. Call the cops. Somebody's back there. He just raped Caitlin. He's like, she said she did all the work. I know. It's it's funny how he's so like, like, yeah, how like Dante is so like trying to like get on the good side of Caitlin, like whatever. Like, oh, he's so concerned. And Randall's like, oh, it was her fault. She did it. And of course, there's like this five minute long scene where the body is just sitting there with a boner sticking out. Mm -hmm. And I like how they took the porno mag away as like evidence of something. Oh yeah, that was the good stuff too with the big titties. He said, "Yeah, that was the one. He, he got the one. At least he he died jerking off to the the, you know, magazine he wanted to." I always thought this was a continuity error. Like he gets in there, and then all of a sudden the boner's gone. I was like, "How did they miss that?" But it's because he takes off his hat and and, and puts it on the boner. Yeah, he puts it on the boner, and uh, you can see that on the the first cut. But for some reason, they cut out him taking his hat off and putting it on the boner for the theatrical cut. And then also, too, like, I, I always thought it was weird, but they were talking about on the commentary is, like, also, like, earlier in the movie, you seen Silent Bob come in and, like, buy a box of sugar. Like, right after the ambulance pulled away, originally there was going to be a shot of Jay just eating the box of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if that's in the first cut yeah. or not. That yeah, I need something they cut out earlier. Yeah, I need to watch that extended cut. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You can't see it because, like, the background is black and then... You think the boner's gone, but it's really just his black hat is on it. His Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets hat is on it. Uh, like, there's some really good, like, story. Like, did, did you ever hear about that movie that they're supposed to be making? Like, it's like a biopic of the making of this movie, the Shooting Clerks movie? Yeah, I've been it, I've been following that for years. Like, I still can't believe it's, like, not out to buy yet. But, yeah, it was actually some British kids made it. Yeah, apparently it's finished because in that last season of Comic Book Men, they, they premiered it. Right. And, uh, yeah, 
But then when you follow the guy's page, they're still like, we're still working, we're still getting it done. Like, I think it's just one of those things because, like, whatever, it hasn't really officially come out. They just keep, like, re-editing and redoing the sound, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I want to see it because I always thought that the, the, the guy that they got to play Kevin Smith actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Fiddle faddle. I didn't know that was an actual product. Yeah. Well, I kind of totally forgot, too. Like, if you look at all the microwave popcorn back there, Zach, like, they sold them single bags. Can you imagine buying one single bag of microwave popcorn back in the day? Oh, yeah. Talk about going home with, like, your one shot. If you burn that shit in the microwave, you were fucked. You had no other bags to make. I wonder why he wasn't worried about hiding uh, brand names here. Yeah, because on the close-up shot of where he does the salsa shark, there's a white piece of tape over the brand name of the salsa, but then you see all the shit in the background. Teddy Grahams. Do you remember Teddy Grahams? That's probably before your time. Don't they still make those? I would think so. But I remember like when they were new, there was all these commercials of like these teddy bears that sang like Elvis, let me be your Teddy Graham. <laughs> they, they were so goofy. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, they had like little cartoon, like, you know, cookie they were better uh, at marketing back then before. yeah yeah they were it worked i remember i bought a box of teddy grams at one point mm-hmm. good I, shit. yeah i actually missed uh school one morning uh can't remember how old i was maybe high school maybe middle school because i eaten too many teddy grams and uh i guess the night before and i got constipated dang i know that's the worst whenever you eat too much junk food and you get constipated i know I don't, I can't remember. Like I don't think I ever had fiddle faddle. What was it like? Just like stuck together popcorn and shit. Yeah, maybe it looks yeah. like some kind of like like what's that kettle corn or whatever. Yeah, they have some good snacks out. here at this convenience store. There's a lot of different types of planters, nuts and shit in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so funny too how Randall's like, oh, the dead guy, she'll get over fucking a dead guy. <laughs> and I love the line, my mom's been fucking a dead guy for 30 years. We call him dad. <laughs> yeah, like this is a great movie because, like, uh, especially if you can see it when you're actually younger than they are in this movie. Because it's funny because, like, when you watch this movie when you're younger, you look at these two guys like they're cool adults. But then when you get older, you look back and you watch this movie and realize they're still just kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I was so, like, surprised when you said you watched this with your dad. This movie came out, or, like, uh, I, I discovered these movies when I was, like, 12. So, like, if I would have watched these, like, if my parents would have known I was watching these, they'd have been like, holy shit, you can't watch this shit. The language. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had a sneak to Kevin Smith goodness. Exactly. yeah. I was pretty lucky. Like, my dad, like, going to the movies all the time. Like, we went every single week, pretty much. And, uh, you know, as long as there was good shit out to see, we would go. Uh, usually twice a week, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, he just had no qualms with really taking me to R-rated movies, so it was good. Yeah, we didn't touch on, like, basically the whole kind of plot thing. Uh, like, basically, Dante's, is he going through, like, a weird midlife crisis kind of thing? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the thing I was talking a little bit about when, when you uh, stepped away is he's basically, he's got a girlfriend, you know, his college girlfriend. He treats him good now. But he's always he's chasing that girl from high school who broke his heart and cheated on him. So like he, I was gonna say uh, we should bring it up. He basically is like a scumbag 
because he's been talking to his old girlfriend behind his current girlfriend's back. So, I mean, he technically really is a cheater because he's totally in this whole movie this day is he's engineering this, uh, you know, getting back together with this one girl and mm-hmm. dumping his current girlfriend like she's nothing special. You know what I mean? It's that old, like, oh, things always seem, you know, we always have rose-colored glasses for the things from before, like distance, making the, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just one of those things, like, yeah, like, it's funny, because I remember, um, oh, shit, I was gonna, I I guess I can't really mention that, but, like, the scene coming up where uh, Jay is like, uh, where he just all of a sudden gets all like defensive or uh, real standoffish right here. I always mm-hmm. thought this was funny. I know, but I was gonna, I was gonna mention like sometimes like you ever get like this like, uh, like I like sometimes like I remember like when I'd get depressed every once in a while. Like when I get to like my lowest, I'd always like. Man, why didn't I do that shit I want to do as a kid? Like, why didn't like when I was a kid? I remember as soon as I turned eighteen, I wanted to move to like California and start like getting jobs. Like, just be the guy holding the microphone making movies. Uh, like, hopefully, like uh, I'll just just uh, like just by some luck, I'll, I'll know somebody and then maybe yeah. I can become something bigger. Like, yeah, every time, like every once in a while, whenever like I get kind of depressed, like that comes back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think I think with Dante, it's it's more like that was the girl he always wanted, even though technically he had her, he didn't really have her. So it's more like the thing of you feel like something slipped through your fingers, mm-hmm. even though there is really nothing you could do about it. You know what I mean? And like his old girlfriend cheated on him all the time. Yeah. Why? Why does he want her now? Well, not only that, but why is he so upset that his current girlfriend blew a bunch of guys before him? Mm-hmm. But 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 he's willingly taking back a cheater who like not just like cheated one time with one guy but like all the time cheated on him. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just weird. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's but a, it, he's a dick. I was gonna say. No, yeah, he is a dick. Like like Randall is like a rude, crude guy who will, like fuck you over in certain ways. But like Dante's the real dick because he's like a dick with the real life shit, hurting people's feelings and shit. You notice though, uh, he's he's such a slob, but he's always got two chicks fighting over him in these movies. Exactly, that is true. I feel like Clerks Two takes it to a ridiculous level because that's really like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, really, really okay, Rosario, Rosario Dawson? Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, dude. She wants that Dante dick. Yeah. She's but like, no. oh, he's got like eight pounds of dangling meat. I don't know, but I was thinking about it when I watched it this time. Like, this movie really is perfect for a certain time in your life because, like, you know, like I'm saying, like, there's still, like, kids here. Like, and they say, like, they're 22. Like, 22 is a very, and it was for me, too, and I think it probably is for a lot of people, but 22 around that age is a very transformative time because it's, like, you're finally a full adult, but you're still Mm -hmm. kind of stuck in your high school ways whether you want to admit it or not. It's usually around that time, you know, whether you're somebody who went to college and graduated or didn't, but like, even if you didn't go to college, like you've been 21 for a while, you got all the drinking and partying out of your system, and then you have to be like, what's next? And that's kind of like how you said, like Dante's midlife crisis, or I guess quarter century, you know, whatever, quarter life crisis. Like that Mm -hmm. really is kind of what he's confronting in this day, you know, like... 
Yeah, but, like that's what he's confronting. And then like at the end of the movie, it kind of like ends with him at the lowest, yep. which is kind of funny. <laughs> but it, but he's got hope. Yeah. He's like, you know, I can maybe I can talk, you know, talk myself out of this and, and smooth things over. Yeah, get get his regular girlfriend back because he says he's gonna go see Caitlin in the hospital and then talk to his other girlfriend Veronica. And like when she, when his girlfriend Veronica showed up, I mean Randall definitely did overstep the line, telling you know everything that happened or whatever. But at the same time, like it shows how more of a human Randall is because he's like, you know, he says like, "Oh, I was just trying to help you, Dante, by telling Veronica, so you didn't have to." But it's also too like I get the feeling a little bit that Randall like he knows what his friend is doing is fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look at all these brands. I know. I was going to say, like, every time you see this... Oh, Chuckles. You remember Chuckles? Like, that weird little candy that was, like, almost like gumdrops? I don't. Yeah. It was like it was like you would buy, like, this little package, like, kind of clear see-through thing. And it was like a card. Uh, like, you know, like a cardboard card underneath it. And it would just be these round, like, almost coin-looking things. But, like, they were just, like, big uh, gumdrops. And it would have, like, three or four different colors. Like, yellow, red, green. Dang. But yeah, every time I watch this, like, it's really not that big of a mess, but it just feels like there's like a million candy bars and shit all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Kevin Smith on the commentary said he's so tired of every journalist. I asked him, oh, did you pay for all that food? <laughs> Hell yeah. And then, like, I think he was joking, but then he said, like, oh, because there is some of it, if you look closely, there is some of it that's, like, out of the wrapper on the floor. Like, there's, like, some Hostess donuts and shit just laying on the floor. And then he made a joke like, oh, yeah, we just, <laughs> Jay was drunk and we just had him eat all the food that was on the floor. And, like, I could actually see him doing that, like, not giving a shit, Jay, back in the day. I probably would now. Yeah, who fucking over. cares? Just the floor, whatever. Goobers. Oh, yeah. are, are, I mean, as long as they're doing their job, the floor's clean anyway. Exactly. Were, were you ever a Goobers guy, Zach? They sound familiar. I don't. I can't picture it though. They're they're literally just um, chocolate covered peanuts. Is all they are. Oh, okay, that's right up my alley. Yeah, I kind of got into them. I want to say, you know, whatever the around two thousand four or five ish. I started going to the theaters because I I was I was a Twizzlers guy. You know, growing up in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and then I moved to California, and this is what's fucked up. They don't sell Twizzlers at the movie theaters here. They sell some shit called oh. Red Vines, which is totally different. So I had to find some new candy, and this one theater I went to, for some reason, had goobers. Dang. So I got to start. I still occasionally buy them at Walgreens or something. I like to put them in the fridge, get them cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Twix. Yeah. Dante's got Twix or dang. Yeah. I love peanut butter Twix, man. Hell yeah. They're hard to find now. Dante does have like a super 90s uh, sweater on here. I remember these types of sweaters from back then. Oh, yeah. And then he kind of has, they're they're not really parachute pants, but he has like the baggy pants, and then he has like the really tight zip-up combat boots. That's a real 90s thing. Mm -hmm. Randall was actually more dressed like a 1987 like hair metal rocker fan. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. He's got the white jean jacket and the backwards baseball hat and shit. Is that like acid wash jeans or something? Yeah, yeah pretty fucked up now, do you remember the original ending to this movie i have seen that i I don't think i've watched the long cut with all together but i've seen like the original ending by itself where like the guy comes in and uh shoots uh dante mm-hmm. what do you what do you think of that ending 
okay, granted, I only watched it, like, by itself, but even by itself, it was, like, one of the few times where it's, like, okay, oh, he gets Randall to wrangle out the door, but, um, yeah, it didn't really fit this movie, I didn't think. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, as a scene onto itself, like, tonally, it didn't really fit the movie, but also as a scene itself, it was, like, one of the few times where, like, I could see why it was a deleted scene. It wasn't quite convincing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I can see uh, it being, like, okay, now I, now it's kind of making the point. Like, I, I remember seeing that and thinking, like, okay, that makes it seem like the movie has, like, a definitive point. Like, oh, yeah, right. like, uh, you never know when it'll be too late. Like, uh, if you don't like something you, you're doing, you stop it. Try to stop immediately or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I get both, both ways. Well, once I heard a little more, because I heard a little bit more of he talked about the, the you know, the original titles that they put throughout the movie. It wasn't those words. It was going through the different cycles of hell, of Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing the original, uh, I always thought this was funny. The dog's name in the movie is Haiku, but the cat's name is Lennon's Tomb. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and like, I like Lennon's okay, tomb. initial uh, incompetent sound editor, Scott Mosier, accomplished sound editor, some other guy. But, um, no, like, if 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 he would have gone less comedic and like you said it would have been more David Lynchian and it just would have been more like weird of like you know because the, the black and white plays in the David Lynch too because then it makes it more like a racer head kind of but mm-hmm. uh, if it would have gone with the more original theme and less uh, less uh, comedic I I could see the ending you know being working and it's like kind of like that weird thing too like when you're I used to do this too whenever I would like write stuff or do stuff. Or even scenes I would pick to act out in my acting classes and shit in college is like you always want to go with like the edgy whatever when you're like in your early twenties, you know. Mm-hmm. But it would just like it would be interesting in a way to be like, oh, we got to see Dante's last day alive. But yeah, I, I, I it seems more true in real life that it just ends like without really much event. It's just. Him mm-hmm. locking the store and Randall going home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing because then we wouldn't have got Clerks 2 also. Oh, yeah. Got to have Clerks 2. Hopefully Clerks 3 as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Kevin Smith where like the characters come back? Or I should say the actors come back in other movies, but they're not playing Randall and Dante. Like There's that one scene... And uh, I can't remember if it's Strike Back or what, but there's like that one scene where the the guy who plays Randall is just like playing a gun salesman. Oh, that was a uh, Dogma. Okay, Dogma. Yeah. Which by they the way, they are back we... as in, in Strike Back. They are back as a uh, as a uh, you know Dante and Dante Randall. and Randall yeah. at the uh, yeah yeah at the end there. It's funny that it says Jay and Silent Bob will return in Dogma. So it's like. They like that's funny that Kevin Smith back at that time, idea wise, he really was thinking clerks, then dogma. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's funny too because I think at the end of Dogma, it says Jane Silent Bob will be back in Clerks 2, and it had like a weird subtitle. Ain't it and like was, barely clerking or something like that? Yeah, simply yeah. clerking or something yeah. like that. And apparently, that basically what that was became Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, but then he ended up making an actual Clerks 2 later, right? Right. Yeah, I was always a little bit disappointed because of that. Like when Clerks Two came out, that it was just Clerks Two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Like I was just kinda, add the simply clerk and make it go full circle. Exactly. Like I was kind of I won't say against the idea of Clerks too, but I was kind of dreading the Clerks too because I I felt like this is one of those movies that like you kind of caught lightning in a bottle and it'd be hard mm-hmm. to recreate it. Uh, but I gotta say, it's really the guy who plays Randall, like, as as much as he doesn't like being an actor, like, he's just perfect. I think maybe because he's not a real actor, he was just Kevin Smith's friend who auditioned. Like, mm-hmm. he's able to, like, just keep that character the same all the time, like, the way he talks and everything, you know what I mean? He actually didn't even really, like, audition, like, uh, according to that that documentary, he kind of shows up drunk and he's just kind of jokingly going through the lines. Mm. It's It's pretty funny. Well, I also heard, too, uh, maybe it was on the commentary that originally they were thinking of him to play Jay. Yeah, I think he came in to read for Jay. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, so that's it for Clerks uh, right there. Um, I, I know you're also a Mallrats fan, too, right, Zach? It's actually my least favorite, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I do. I do like it, though. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe maybe next year the sequel to this episode we could do a Mall Rats episode. Hell yes! There's still a lot of interesting shit to talk about in that movie too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this is a lot of fun, and I gotta say this was uh you know it might seem an odd choice to do a commentary for, it, but I just personally have so much personal history with this movie, and uh, you know Kevin Smith has become a con- con- you know kind of controversial figure last few years amongst film fans so i just thought it'd be nice to do something positive and talk about one of his greatest movies and the thing that kind of launched him and shit and also too like i don't think we've really done like this like you know covered like this low budget of a movie on the show so it's kind of cool to do something kind of just you know indie and small cult whatever mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, yeah so so thanks for joining me zach. zach what have you been up to you gotta i know you got some shows coming out uh i know just recently you dropped some coffin joe shit hell yeah cinema anima we did the coffin joe trilogy went through and watched uh all three of the main uh trilogy films uh, he's in like basically every movie that guy's ever made but like there's a trilogy and we did the trilogy of them yep coffin joe mm-hmm then uh we we actually at the end of that we we talked about uh the next episode we want to do is we want to do like uh basically uh uh an episode where we watch hellraiser one and two and talk about like because uh, uh that's really divided in the horror community there are people that love hellraiser two think it's better than the original and like me and uh aaron are both like i think the original is better and i actually both of us are like i don't even think part two is that good of a movie so yeah, like we want to kind of do uh, an episode on that. We were hoping to get you and uh, another guy on there, uh, like if like whenever we actually finally do it, if you got time, baby, that'd be donk. Yeah, baby, it's you know what, it's actually perfect timing because I just got the Hellraiser one through three box set about a month or two ago, and I've oh, been yeah. I've been wanting to go through with them, and I'm kind of in the same camp. Not to spoil the episode, I was in the same camp because I. You know, I remember when the first Hellraiser came out, I was like a 10-year-old kid reading about a Fangoria. I couldn't wait to see it. I, my dad took me. I actually remember I saw the first Hellraiser on a day that I was sick from school. And, like, that night, I was, like, legit sick. But that night, I was, like, it was cold, wintertime, whatever. I bundled up. I got my dad to still take me to see Hellraiser. And, like, yeah, like, for some reason, I didn't see two in the theater. I don't remember even playing. And then I caught it on video. Like, you know, a while after it was on video. And, I, I you know, I've always been disappointed now. In retrospect, I'm willing to give it another shot. Just because, uh, 
you know, I'm a fan of horror franchises, even if they do kind of shit out a sequel every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's still oh, interesting yeah. to go back and examine it, kind of. Hell yeah. So, yeah. That'll be fun. I'll start watching some Hellraiser, baby. Yeah, we usually do one of those episodes like once a month. Nice. What's uh what's going on with Mac and Zach? The last one I heard was the dank to dust idle hands. Hell yes, we did uh we did like uh I went over to his house not that long ago and we had like a weekend where we recorded a bunch of stuff. We got remember though you, you've mentioned it before, like uh Mac and Zach we had uh old YouTube videos yeah, that oh, kind yeah. of on the internet. Well, we actually those came from like feature length little movies we made of just ourselves goofing off and the last time we went up there we did both of those they're called the first one's called princess awesome super pony power punch part two and then the 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 real second one uh, we just called the first one part two just for fun but then like the next one it's called princess awesome super duper pony power punch so yeah we did both those and uh, they'll be coming out uh, as video commentaries uh someday holy, holy shit i can't wait to see those yeah because the video the original videos are so crazy i would love to know the behind the scenes of kind of what you know <laughs> what uh what prompted that chaos Exactly. I, I don't know. I'm a little bar- embarrassed. Like I'm worried. Like all oh, people are gonna see like what I'm like in, in real life. Uh, I'm worried. Like uh, yeah, I just we're gonna do it. We're gonna put them out, baby. Just go for it. Who cares? The, the, yeah. The world's ending anyway. You know, mm-hmm. it's the time to get it out now while you can. Hell yes. Before the murder hornets get us all. Hmm. So, yeah, that's it, man. Thank you so much, Zach, for sitting down to uh, watch Clerks with me. And uh, I also want to, uh, I said it on the last episode with Trev, but uh, this month, uh, te- technically really the end of this month, but but really this month is, marks the five-year anniversary of the movie Graveyard, man. So Hell yes, five years of greatness. Yeah, and I don't want to make any promises, but I could easily see it going for another five years because... Uh, I've, you know, there was some like bumps along the way, just different things or whatever, where there's like, like, there's a couple years in that five years where we put out only, you know, we would, would miss entire months, two, three months would go by when we put out an episode, but like, I don't know, like we're pretty much back on the wagon now for like a while of doing at least one or two episodes a month. So I think it's going to keep going and we're definitely going to make it to 100 and, uh, I think it'd be oh, awesome gosh. if, uh. You know, we could make it to 10 years, but we'll see. But uh, either way, I'm enjoying the thing. Oh, one thing I wanted to say, too, was um, I, uh, apparently we're in the film history category on Apple Podcasts. And oh, like, yeah. just for fun, I was like, I was like, I wonder, like, who else is in this category? And I, I, I found the uh, the top whatever film history podcast. And I was like scrolling down the, the screen and. Granted, we were like far down there. We were actually like number sixty-three, but I was shocked that we were actually on there. So, thank yes. you. Know, I'll be honest; I don't really know how that gets figured. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm assuming it's downloads and ratings. So, thank you to the listeners. And uh, if 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 you guys, even if you don't listen to the show on Apple, that actually is the. I mean, we get a lot of different little platforms that add up you know mm-hmm. listenership for us but apple is our number one uh avenue of where the way people listen to the show so if you guys are out there even if you don't listen to the show on there if you could leave a rating or a review i just want to see if we could crack the top 50 i think we can oh yes yeah 
so yeah so you know obviously this is a you know a, a great time for the movie graveyard and uh i know you're a little bit uh, relatively in that time span a little bit of the new blood zach but i wanted to thank you for uh, contributing to the show and helping us keep it going you know even longer in the graveyard so thank you hell yeah this show is dank af i'm lucky i get to be a part of it yeah man it's always a good time so yeah, so I think we'll roll out of there, and uh, we hope you guys are big Clerks fans. Uh, we'll have something up else coming up soon. Uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of these topic shows lately, still doing commentaries, uh, just looking for different ways to make the show more fun and interesting for all you retro movie lovers. So until next time, we'll see you guys again soon in the movie graveyard. Dog. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.